What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTB Ravens Media, bringing Ravens content every single day. And this is, of course, the Trust the Bank podcast. There's going to be three segments on this. We're going to be talking about Kyle Hamilton and Chuck Clark. We're going to be talking about Julio Jones. And then finally, we're going to be talking about people believing that the Ravens are going downhill and they've been making poor decisions and they've been throwing too much risk after after this draft class so we're gonna be talking about all those things before we get into the episode guys if you're watching on youtube go check out the podcast platform you can see all the segments right away and if you're listening on the podcast platform you know please make sure to rate and review um it really does help out the podcast based on that algorithm uh but another thing is guys we set up something called an airtime uh which is basically a messaging slash uh talking app you know so you can compare it to discord however um it's more based on the um you know the talking side of things. So what we can do is we go, we can actually go live and talk with you guys. You know, uh, you know, you can turn on cameras, you don't have to. Um, and then we also message in there talking about different things whenever Ravens news comes out. So it's like a group chat, um, and it's it's a lot of fun. So guys, I'll put it in the description down below. Uh, you know, I, I strongly recommend joining. You know, it's just a fun way to talk some Ravens football uh, because you know I think it was actually Jalen that sent the video uh, talking about what we're going to talk about in today's video. Shout out to Jalen uh, because Jalen. Brings up that, hey, look at this. Kyle Hamilton, back of his helmet, we see a little green dot on there. And if you guys don't know, that green dot signifies the player that is receiving the communications from the sideline to call the play. The guy normally calling those is Chuck Clark. Now, if Kyle Hamilton does, in fact, become the player this year, like I predicted in our live stream (laughs) randomly, you know, I've been killing it with the predictions, I don't know, but... If he does become the guy with the green dot, what does that mean for Chuck Clark? Uh, you know, but Josh, we're starting off, you know, Kyle Hamilton, green dot. What do you think about the potential? You know, this could be something where it's like, oh, it's just rookie, uh, you know, mini camp. So we don't know if it's exactly um, he's going to have it for the regular season, but he has it right now. What do you think about what was your instant reaction, initial thoughts on that? Well, I mean, even though it's just rookie, uh, rookie mini camp, just for the simple fact that you can spot out that guy, you know, you can spot out that guy. In, in, in any room, whether it's OTAs, whether it's mandatory uh, training camp, whether it's rookie minicamp. You know, some guys just have that, you know, that it factor. I think Mr. Fred Warner had that same it factor over in San Fran as well. So, uh, uh, Mike, if you're watching, I know I know you would like to shout out to your team. Um, <laughs> but, no, seriously, seriously though, uh, I do feel like this is this could be a potential game changer for the Ravens offense. I mean, excuse me, defense. Well, the way they're going to make with the way they're going to be changing the game and making plays that will be a <laughs> of a set of offense. But no, uh, I do with the green with uh, Kyle Hamilton having the green dot. You know, that's a that's an upgrade. That's a that's a huge statement because you know you never really had heard that happening. Mm, no, you haven't heard that happening with any rookie in the Ravens organization, even with Ray Lewis nor or Ed Reed. I, they I, I don't believe. Uh, I don't think they had the green dot back then, but I don't think there was immediate captains off the rip, even though, you know, you know, Ray Lewis was one of the first players drafted in the organization. Then six years later, and Reed was uh, another uh, big name drafted from the U and things of that nature. So, I mean, with Kyle Hamilton getting the green dot is a big statement. I do feel like, you know, they feel like this young man can come in guns blazing and make a statement. Um, The only thing is, will Chuck Clark be the odd man out? That's the, that's the uh, million-dollar question at this point right now. Yeah, I think when I saw that Kyle Hamilton had the green dot, I was really excited because, one, I think it means that he's going to be out there, like, 
all the time, really? which I think is great. And I, he's more versatile than Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark, you don't want as an over-the-top safety. He's much better closer to the line of scrimmage, much better uh, next to the box. So when he's when he has to be out there every single play, there are times when all of a sudden you're forcing him to play over top as single high when you're like, oh man, we don't want that, right? Whereas Kyle Hamilton, if he's at, if he has to be out there every play and, and certain packages say, hey, we're bringing in um, an extra linebacker to be able to play in the middle, we're going to play two guys over the top, it's going to be you and Marcus Williams, that's a lot better to me. Or if they say, hey, we want you to play in the slot and cover uh, you know, a tight end because he's lined out in the slot, like Travis Kelsey or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're not forced to put Chuck Clark back there. They can say, hey, Geno Stone, we need you in a cover two deep safety look. Go get yourself an interception. Hey, Brandon Stevens, you want to go get the ball? That's what you're good at? Go play deep zone. Like those are the types of things that it allows for. And I'm not saying Chuck Clark is bad. I'm just saying he isn't as versatile and he fits into one specific role, which is that box safety traditional player where he's really solid in it. He's good at stopping the run. He can cover a tight end. However, over the top in open space, he's not amazing. So when he's forced to be out there every play because of the green dot, it makes it more difficult for the Ravens to adjust and adapt. And we saw that a lot with Wink Martindale because he loves to move everybody around and put people in different positions. And it felt like half the time we're looking back there and they're like, there's another 50-yard touchdown because there was a complete miscommunication. Oh, we didn't know, is it Chris Westry? Is it Marlon Humphrey? Who is supposed to be guarding that guy that you know ran the wheel route? We don't right. know because the communication just isn't there. And I like Chuck Clark. However, you know he's not on the level that you would hope for a green dot player to have. You want your green dot player to be like maybe the best player on your defense. You want him to be the guy that dictates everything. They're making the adjustments. They're making the calls. They should be the best. Nothing against players that aren't the best, uh, you know, at their position that make the calls, but it's so much easier when a guy can recognize, you know, if you're playing basketball, right, and you're the point guard and you're, let's say you're LeBron James, you get that ball and you can say, clear out. I'm taking this guy one-on-one. -on -one. It's a mismatch. If you're the best player on your defense, you can say, hey, we're in man-to-man. -man. Hey, man, let's switch. Or, hey, he's crossing. You take him. I'll take this guy. It's a lot easier when you're the best player. Whereas if you're not the best, you may be telling other people, hey, you switch with him. Um, you know, I, I want to stay on this guy because he's not nearly as good. <laughs> but if you have that confidence, and yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to slander Chuck Clark. I think he's a really solid football player. But Kyle Hamilton is, is a dynamic playmaker with great, uh, instincts and uh, you know just the mental aspect of the game. But what do you think this means for Chuck Clark? What are the possibilities say, he's there this season? I mean, I was about to say, you know, every, and I mean, and, and for everybody that's watching, don't think we're slandering Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark, he earned that spot. He has high IQ. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say he's a pro bowler, but he's a solid player, and he gave us solid. He and he plays solid. I mean, he's not a, he's not a play playmaker but you know every now and then every now and then things he, he can make happen but honestly you know there were the conversations of trading chuck clark i think you know it would be best for him to be traded for us to get get some value from him maybe uh possibly from the giants i know the giants are trying to let go um i can't remember his first name but his last name is bradbury uh and yeah. if they and if they can't get a trade uh they can't get a trade partner i know they talk about releasing them um 
I would actually like bringing in Bradbury just for the strength of the corner depth um, that we use. Um, like I, I keep on saying, um, Marcus Peters, he hasn't gotten an extension, so this might be his last year with us. I hope not. Um, I definitely hope he comes back to, you know, uh, Marcus Peters' uh, game change of form. Um, but the thing is, I want to say this when it comes to Chuck Clark and Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton can make a mistake at a hundred. I'm, I'm, I know this. I know this. He's a rookie. I know you haven't seen him play a down up professional football yet, but because he is a generational talent at safety, he can make a mistake at 100 miles an hour, and it won't be noticed. Chuck Clark, when he makes a mistake, it won't be a, at 100 miles per hour. It will be at 50, maybe 70, and it's noticeable. So honestly, you know, if, if you all been screaming, upset about what we've been missing on the back end, we finally got it. That should bring some type of relief, especially with the, you know, the type of offenses that we're going to get going against. Nobody's really running the ball except Pittsburgh and maybe the Cleveland Browns, the Colts. You can say the Colts as well. Yeah. Outside of that, every other team is not really even running the ball. I mean, hell, the Bucs had, had one of the best running backs in the league, and he doesn't touch the ball that much. I mean, because he has Tom Brady, but still, it's becoming a pass-happy league. And right now, you know, adding the Kyle Hamilton and the Marcus Williams, Eric DaCosta and, and the organization knew that they had to make an adjustment. So, I mean, Chuck Clark, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind for, you know, Mike McDonald finding a way to do the three-man three, three uh, the three man safety on the field or maybe moving him up to that middle linebacker position. I feel like he still has good enough speed. He is, he is – uh, strong enough, and um, he does have the knowledge. I feel like you. I feel like him and PQ will be a nice combination. But um, I can see him being out if, if we uh, if we can't implement him in this year's defense. Yeah, I think it was very clear that the Ravens were not happy with the play of their safeties last season. I think they were happy with the play of their corners because all their corners got hurt, so it's difficult to judge. But with the safeties, they had Deshaun Elliott and they had Chuck Clark. And they were there for basically the entire season. There were a lot of miscues between them. They 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 didn't even I don't even think they negotiated with Deshaun Elliott. I believe he was very frustrated with them because I don't think they ever offered him anything. I ended up going, I believe, to the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, wishing him the best over there. But Absolutely. then we see Chuck and then they bring in Marcus Williams and they're like, Yeah, oh, okay. They wanted to upgrade there. Well, then they go out and draft Kyle Hamilton, where it's like, Oh, well, he's a strong safety. That's what Chuck Clark plays. They've already given him the green dot. Like, everything is going in favor that, like, they weren't happy with how they played. Now, I don't think they're out there like, oh, we hate Chuck Clark by any means. But they're like, you know what? We can get better. For the last three seasons, it seems like, there have been significant communication issues with Chuck Clark in the midst of it. I, we still don't know who's at fault. You know, sometimes it would be Marcus Peters and Chuck Clark. Sometimes it would be Anthony Averett and Chuck Clark. But a lot of times there would be wide open players and everyone is looking who's supposed to be there and it seems like chuck clark was always in that mix and maybe maybe he's giving the communication signals maybe they're not recognizing them and they're not following through on his action or maybe uh he's not making those adjustments and they think he is and that you know the communication just didn't seem to be there uh from the safety you know down to those cornerbacks well now, all of a sudden, we see Kyle Hamilton with that green dot. He's getting the calls. He's going to be in the back end of that defense. 
The Ravens had great success with Eric Weddle calling the defense, you know, under Dean Pease. That was phenomenal. That defense, it didn't force a lot of turnovers, but they were stout and they did not allow yards. That was a just, oh yeah, we just, they didn't get a first down that drive. Like that was the whole thing. They didn't get a sack. They just allowed two yards, one yard, incompletion. Boom. Get the ball back. Ravens, that defense hasn't been like that in a while. You know, Eric Weddle, generational mind at the safety position. But hopefully Kyle Hamilton can be that guy where they can see if he's able to take that leadership standpoint that everyone listens to and recognizes his calls on the field. Maybe we get that communication better. And now we actually have excellent cornerbacks and an excellent safety to go with him because Deshaun Elliott is also not a great safety when it comes to covering. You know, he's a heavy hitter. So it was just like, oh, neither of our safeties are great in coverage. That is not a great recipe for success in the NFL, um, especially when you're trying to run a lot of man-to-man coverage. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Now they have two players that can play man-to-man coverage very well, make tackles, get interceptions. So, you know, I think it's showing that like they want to move on uh, from Chuck Clark, and I feel like trading him is the best route. And I, I like trade that. Bradbury trade I think would be really good for the Ravens to do because corner depth is more important than safety depth because the Ravens do have safety depth. They have Brandon Stevens, they have Geno okay. Stone, they have Ardarius Washington. <laughs> All players <laughs> that are good. All players that they, they may not be the greatest all around. You're not you're not putting them on the you know your all pro ballot. However, they can do their job, right? Brandon Stevens physical attacks the ball. Um, relentless effort. You know, you can throw him in and, and be in the slot and, you know, have him try and stop the run. You know, he's going to give you full effort. Geno Stone is going to go out there and he's going to make a play. You know, have him over the top. He's going to go up and try and get that interception, get that knockdown, get that spot. All of them can do those specific roles. Chuck Clark can only, if he's not calling the defense, he has one role. It's a box safety. And they can use him. If they keep Chuck Clark, that's great. He'd be a great, you know, substitute safety for the Ravens to use. But I feel like it's more valuable to have, a, a, a you know, a third established cornerback uh, on the Ravens roster. You know, even though he would be the fourth best corner due to Mr. Amon Marshall. I hear it. I hear it. Amon <laughs> Marshall will never not be recognized in a GTB <laughs> recording. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to kind of talk about with Kyle Hamilton uh, or Chuck Clark or anything like that? Man, I'm, lo- I'm loving the 14 on him. You know, it looks good. You know, I'm just ready to see him in the pads. I'm ready to see the action. Absolutely. It's kind of sad that in this, for the first time in a, in a while, the highlights aren't really going to be there coming out of minicamp. It's not like in recent years where we're like, we get to watch, because it's very easy to recognize that was a great route by Rashad Bateman. That was a great catch by J.K. Dobbins mossing Malik Harrison. Like, those are like highlight plays. Well, the Ravens drafted players this year, like Kyle Hamilton. They're not really playing one-on-ones with safeties. So, like, we don't get to see him cover. We don't get to see those instincts. The only real, like, weapons are are the tight ends and Tyler Beatty are the only guys where we can be like, oh, that was sick. But I highly doubt Tyler Beatty's mossing anybody, you know, at five foot eight. Maybe he gets some juke moves out there. I remember Lamar Jackson rookie year. He was he was putting on the uh, the wiggle stick. Uh, you know, nobody was tackling him. But it's really going to be a lot of really high depth analysis of okay, the way he's backpedaling. It looks really fluid in the hips and stuff like that, which isn't 
you know, it's cool to watch, but it's not nearly as exciting. Um, yeah. You know, watching Tyler Linderbaum block is not going to be something where I'm like, oh man, let me rewind that. Let me you let me that? rewind that. I'm gonna say that and uh, Travis him and Travis Jones, Travis Jones working. Then yeah, that's something to talk about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, guys, let us know what you guys think about that. That's going to be the end of this first segment. Let's get into the next segment. You know, yesterday, you know, it, I believe it was yesterday was Thursday, put out a video talking about Jarvis Landry and the Ravens potentially bringing him in. I thought it was a really good idea today, Friday. It actually came out that Ravens are interested in Jarvis Landry by like reputable sources. Um, but let's talk about another wide receiver that, We've, I think we've talked about him maybe once before on the history of this channel. Maybe once yeah, every maybe day for the span of like three months. Um, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> Mr. Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a, a free agent wide receiver coming off of an injury. He's been an injury prone uh, guy the last couple of seasons. Uh, but he is an athletic freak when he is healthy at six foot three, one of the most athletic, one of the best wide receivers in NFL history. He's a free agent. The Ravens could potentially bring him in because he is actually that jump ball, big play, uh, veteran wide receiver that a lot of people believe the Ravens should target. Joshua, what are your thoughts on trying to bring in Mr. What's his first name? It's Quintez Lopez Jones. I can't remember if that's his exact name, but I believe it's it's Quintez or I think it's Quintez Lopez Jones. I don't know. I don't know. Don't get me telling those stories. I can't, I can't vouch for you on this one. Um, <laughs> Bobby, honestly, bringing in Mr. Julio Jones, I think that will be an upgrade to the wide receiver room. I know everybody's like, well, uh, is it Quintez? It's Quintarius. Quintarius. Quint you were Quintarius Lopez Jones. You was close. You was close. Yeah. We give you that. We give you the points. I tried. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, though, you know, I know everybody's like, well, we got enough wide receivers in the room, you know, uh, and, and, and I know people going to try to, you know, attack me because I've been talking about Isaiah Likely, you know, becoming uh, number wide receiver, wide receiver number two. Um, I will say this in the in the Lamar Jackson era, for him being a QB for the Ravens, he has not had what Joe Flacco has had with us, and what I mean, he has not had a insurance policy and a veteran wide receiver. I mean, we was talking about Devontae Parker at one point. Um, and honestly, I liked the Devontae Parker move because Devontae Parker was a, you know, a low-end risk. You know, he was under 30. Um, he understood his job. He actually, I think he was a little bit, I think he was actually interested in, in coming to Baltimore. But, you know, New England struck, uh, struck the match and they lit the fire. And, you know, there's nothing we could do about that but move on. Um, the Julio Jones uh, thing, the only thing with Julio he has to be willing to take a veteran minimum, veteran minimum, in my opinion, and really understand his role. Like, yo, we're running first offense. I know you like the ball, but I need you to be Anquan Bolton. I need you to be what Anquan Bolton was at Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. at the point of your career. You're going, you're going to get the ball. You're going to get fed. You're going to make plays. You're going to be a uh, you're going to be an intricate part of this offense. But I need you to be healthy throughout the season i don't need the tantrums um on the sideline um i just need you to come out here and play ball i'm not saying shut up and dribble i'm just saying come out here and play ball and understand the system i mean it, it's a lot of we have um we left the taste distasteful 
uh, feeling in a lot of wide receivers that we have been interested in because a lot of in, a lot of wide receivers that we were interested in they didn't want to be in a run pass system. I mean, run run first system. I mean, one of our one of our guys that we drafted clearly said that. So um, I get it. I totally get it. So I mean, I would be down for Julio Jones. Julio Jones has to just be willing to take a veteran minimum, stay healthy, and just understand his role in this in this offensive scheme. Yeah, Julio Jones suffered from Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan, I think, is probably going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, won an MVP. However, Matt Ryan is not a jump ball thrower. He can't throw a fade. He doesn't give wide receivers that type of opportunity, which is ironic because, like, that seems to be Julio Jones' best attribute is he is so good with the ball in the air. He's so good, you know, in goal line situations. But he's suffered, especially in recent years, because he just doesn't get the touchdowns because that's what he's good at is those jump balls. And he's just not given them by Matt Ryan last year, ended up going to Tennessee started in 10 games, 434 yards, one touchdown. I watched a lot of Titans games. Ryan Tannehill could not get him the ball. I watched so many times him overthrowing him, him underthrowing him, just missing him. Like, Julio Jones, I felt like actually was playing relatively well, and Ryan Tannehill and him were not on the same page. I'm not trying to dog Ryan Tannehill. I'm just saying they were not on the same page. They could not get that chemistry. It was like watching Tyler Huntley and Mr. Marquise Hollywood Brown, right? Nothing against either of them. They're both good players, but man, they could not complete a pass to each other. That seemed like Ryan Tannehill and Julio. They just could not do it together. I feel like the Ravens could actually utilize him. And I feel like they wouldn't need to use him in a sense where it's like, okay, Julio, come in and you need to be here every single play of every possession doing everything for this team. I felt like that's what he needed to do with the Titans was he needs to be a dominant force to help A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. I think the Ravens just need him. Hey, we need you to just play decent football and make some some catches, right? They don't need him to go out and be a 1,400-yard receiver. They need him to go out there and be a 700-yard receiver and just say, hey, y'all got to respect Julio. Let's let Bateman have the, the number two corner. Or Julio's getting double-teamed because he's Julio Jones. Let's go out there, throw it to Rashad Bateman, throw it to Mark Andrews. Get this, the focus off of Money Man Mark. And put no, it on seriously. Seriously. Put it on Julio. Put it on everybody else because that's going to let the running game go off. That's going to let, like, the more weapons, the more big names, the bigger the explosiveness of the offense is going to be. But not because of the new names, but because of the old names that are still here that will now get more availability and opportunity to have success. I mean, and that's a great point. Like, we can go a step further. You know, we thought that, you know, bringing in, you know, Des Bryant, that could have been the same thing. The only thing, the only difference was with Des Bryant and Julio Jones, Des Bryant been out the league a little longer. And also, we didn't put him in the game as much as, as often. So, you know, with bringing in Julio Jones, he will, he will be playing, you know, what is this, uh, 17 games season mm-hmm. now? So, yeah, I mean, he will play in 17 games um, if he stays healthy. But at the same time, you know, when he gets in, because of his productivity, you have to be able to respect – you have to respect it and say, hey, Julio's in the game. They might be passing the ball. And if they are passing the ball, you don't – you got you got three more options or 
however the personnel is, to get the ball off. So, like you said, you know, the more weapons, the more threats on the field to take away from, you know, the number one or number two guy, the better. That helps, that helps like a money, a money mark or Rashad Bateman or J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards. Heck, the more weapons on the field helps Lamar Jackson not even run no more. I, I, like, I don't know about y'all, TTB family, Ravens flock. I wouldn't be mad if Lamar Jackson ran for 500 yards this upcoming season and that'd be it and everything be passing and, and his running backs actually ate. I wouldn't be mad. And that shows me, you know, that Greg Roman now has, has now opened up the vault, that they, you know, that they now have a, a system, a play scheme where, you know, they're not scared of utilizing all the weapons and think everything has to come down to Lamar Jackson and his legs. Let him work from the pocket and let it be his arm that gets us to the Super Bowl or get us that win. Because he has showed it that he can use his arm to get us the win. That, that Cleveland Browns uh, uh, saga, that, uh, that 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 show out there in, in L.A. against the Rams, um, Colts. The Carson, that, that's the one. That's the one. So I mean, the list can go on and on. It, uh, you know, it just gotta. As an offense, we have to evolve in the and and even with the um play with the talent that we have, and also with the play scheme as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Julio would be a really interesting player to bring in. I think if he's willing to sign for a cheaper deal, you know, if any of those top wide receivers in the free agent market are willing to sign, hey, cheaper deal, and, you know, to come in and be a humble player and, you know, really believe in the system, I think it could be really beneficial for the player and the Ravens. But let's get into the final segment. Let's talk about an interesting article that came out from The Athletic. And basically the idea is that a lot of people believe that the Ravens, they're not doing it right. They are not as hot. Like people that really believed in the Ravens, they always backed what the Ravens did. They're like, you know what? Maybe we can't defend this anymore because of the way that the Ravens drafted recently, which kind of surprises me because I thought it was an incredible draft and they filled needs and they did everything. But the belief is basically that the Ravens are focusing on the wrong positions. They're focusing on the wrong philosophy. Safety isn't seen as one of the most important positions in the NFL. Center isn't seen as maybe the most important position on the offensive line. They drafted a punter. They get, they you know there were players available at, at you know flashier positions at some would say more important positions like the edge rusher spot or maybe corner or wide receiver. Joshua, what do you think about that? Because I think both of us heavily disagree uh, with the philosophy. But what do you think about it? Um, so sometimes our philosophy can bite us in the in the backside, and sometimes we can reap the reward. I mean, it's it's almost a gambling it's almost a gambling game with us here in Baltimore. I mean, EDC said it best. He loves the art of deception. Um, I think the great Sun Tzu. Um, I think there's a quote by him when it comes to the art of deception. Don't quote me on it. Uh, TTB family, if y'all know about uh, Sun Tzu, then, you know, y'all drop it, y'all drop it in the comments and, 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 uh, and, and share your knowledge with me so I can learn and retain that information. But the thing is, I was, I was upset with some of the moves in the, in this year's draft. I'm not going to lie. I did think we could have got better players at, 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 a, at a higher at a higher clip 
But in the grand scheme of being a Ravens fan, you all have to understand, we don't always go for the flashiest players, whether it's free agent signings, free agent signings or, in, or in the draft. We go best player available, sometimes the best guy that we can afford and it could be serviceable. So I would say in this year's draft, when you look at the grand scheme of things, we've been missing out on a playmaker at safety. So what you do as a 14, one of the one of the uh, best safeties in that class slide to us. We didn't we didn't move, we didn't trade up. We stayed at 14 and we picked up Kyle Hamilton. Next thing you know, after we picked up Kyle Hamilton, you know, uh, uh, we let go of someone that was this. I want I want to say disgruntled, but was unhappy with how things were going in his in his NFL career. Totally understandable for both parties. You know, respectfully, you know, went their separate ways. Out of that, out of that move, we get enough, we get back in the first round. In depth, and and then we trade back later in the first round and picked up someone that uh, that the, another guy that was arguably the best center in his class. And what is something we have been missing out on since Lamar Jackson been playing? We've been missing out on an office on a center on, on center. And the thing I've been always saying is you can't keep on rotating a center out with his quarterback. You know, you brought it up. You brought it up in in, in, re- in previous shows. You know, Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday played for five plus, maybe ten plus years together. And even when he did leave, uh, even when he did leave Indianapolis, the last pro, his last Pro Bowl game, he took his last stat with Peyton Manning, even though he was on the NFC team. So you know, when you look at the grand scheme of things of how the Ravens, you know, really think. It is still beneficial to us because we added a playmaker. We got we got a young man that will be protecting Lamar Jackson for the next five plus years. Then then in the second round, we go out there and get an edge rusher that's also another freaking nature and also a long long time friend of our other freaking nature on the opposite side that make, that possibly will be playing this upcoming year. Uh, third round, we added another defense alignment. That not only can line up on the interior, but also in other in other um, techniques on that line of scrimmage, and also is good in the pass rush. And shout out to Travis Jones because he is because he has lost the weight and at three hundred twenty five pounds, and he says he's feeling good. I love that for him. Keep on working at it, my guy. And then fourth round, you you found a lot of value. You brought in some corners. You brought in some tight ends. Hell, you even made a future move in bringing in a new punter because. Our current punter, Sam Cook, gave us great years, maybe had one of the highest QB ratings um, as a punter in the league. He's now, you know, he's coming towards the, his back end of his career. So instead of waiting, you know, till it's time, they went ahead and made a future move. You can't be mad at that. <laughs> you really can't. So, you know, that article, it just doesn't add up. We don't, we don't buy in. We don't the Ravens don't zig. We zag. We don't go, we obviously don't go with everybody. We don't go with what everybody's doing in the league. We're still a run first offense. We still, you know, we still want to be that defense that's still nasty and gritty. That still, you know, believes in defense winning championships. We're not always, we're not this high flying offense. That's not us. So, you know, if people feel like we're going downhill. That you don't really understand what it means to be a Raven or the Ravens organization. 
When I first saw this article, I was so confused. <laughs> because I don't understand how people could watch that draft and the way it unfolded and then say, you know what? I lost faith in the Ravens. They're not doing it right. They're taking positions that other teams don't value. I want to know who should the Ravens have taken, right? People look at Kyle right. Hamilton. They're like, oh, Kyle Hamilton, they shouldn't have taken him because safety's not as valuable as a position. Who did you want them to take? Edge rusher? Well, Jermaine Johnson and George Karlafis fell to the back end of the first round. You know, oh, you wanted them to go D-tackle? Well, Jordan Davis was gone. Oh, you wanted them to go corner? Oh, well, all the other cornerbacks were gone. Maybe offensive tackle, but they signed Morgan Moses. They, dra they have Ronnie Stanley. So it's like, okay, they go Kyle Hamilton. Then they trade Hollywood. They're sitting there at pick 25. And they could, they could what? They could draft an edge rusher. They could draft a receiver. Or what has been the biggest problem for the Ravens the last couple seasons? It's been the center. Like, the center has lost them more games than a lack of edge rush and a lack of wide receivers. So they draft center. And then they still get the edge rusher in Mr. David Ojabo. Like, who, like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, maybe later in the draft they drafted a punter. I don't think people understand they had six fourth-round picks. It's not like that was their one-day-three pick, and they were like, oh, they wasted it on a punter. They had an NFL record number of picks. You can use one of those and say, you know what? We need a punter. We need a punter. All right, let's go grab one because we want the first choice. And it's not like no other team did this. Right after they drafted him, well, there goes the next guy. Dallas Cowboys, next pick take a punter and then the bills later in the draft draft a punter it's not like the and it's not like the bills are a team that everyone's like oh the bills suck the bill like a lot of people clown on the cowboys because of their management and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disagree with that <laughs> the bills have been doing a phenomenal job at building their team they did the same thing they drafted a punter like bill belichick the greatest coach of all time. Maybe the one of the best GMs of all time in NFL. He builds his roster how he wants. And people may say, oh, Cole Strange, Stretch. He wanted a versatile offensive lineman that could play on the interior and the exterior. He got his guy. He went into that draft saying, I want these players. I'm not going to take that chance of them not being available, and I'm going to draft them. So he drafts Cole Strange, and he yeah. drafts Tyquan Thornton. Those were the two guys where he was like, I want them. I, I don't care. I don't care if people think I overpaid. I'm not going to risk trading back and saying, oh, man, someone snagged him right before we got him. Oh, but we got an extra fifth round pick for a player that we didn't really want. No, they're going to they're going to take the guys they want. And what have the Patriots done in the last 25 years in the NFL? I don't know how many championships they won. Oh, yeah. Six championships. And people may say, oh, well, they had Tom Brady. Really? Yeah, you have Tom Brady, but you got to put a roster around him. Who did he have around him? Julian Edelman, former quarterback Julian Edelman. Oh, they drafted two tight ends very early in an NFL draft. Who did they end up being? Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. Who did they go out and, you know, trade for and sign? Oh, guys like, you know, Randy Moss. And they just acquired this. They drafted Chandler Jones. Yep. They drafted so many legends because they knew what they wanted and they got them they drafted mac jones now we don't know exactly what he's going to turn into but it was clear that was the guy they wanted 
They wanted the pocket passer. Mac Jones was the pocket passer in that draft. They got him. They got their guy. True. They they would have used the first. They, I don't know if they would have used the first pick. They probably would have gotten Trevor Lawrence. But if they had the the tenth pick and Justin Fields is on the board, they're probably going with Mac Jones because that was the guy they wanted. You know the the Carolina Panthers in this year's draft, uh, they got a Kemet. They could have traded back. A lot of people wanted them to. Well, they they got their guy, so why trade back and risk it? They they also ended up uh, drafting a quarterback. They ended up getting Mr. Matt Corral. They didn't trade back to get Matt Corral. Trade back into the first round. Like a lot of people were hoping, oh, well, if they trade, like I had said it, if they trade back to 14, they could still draft the quarterback they want, which apparently was Matt Corral. Yeah. They said, no, we're going to take the guy at six, take the tackle, and, and then we're going to get the guy. Like we're going to take the guys we want, and we're not going to risk them going before. If they trade back to 14, there's a chance they don't get it. They're, they're not getting a chem, eh? They're definitely not getting a Kemet. They may not even, like, they're not getting Charles Cross either. So it doesn't make any sense why you would people would look at this draft and be like, the Ravens are going downhill. They filled every need they could have filled. And you may say, oh, but they didn't fill wide receiver. They, they, they didn't go into the draft needing a wide receiver. They went into the draft with a wide receiver and they ended up trading him. And it shows that they're very... Like, so many Ravens fans have complained, oh, we're never giving our young guys an opportunity. Uh-oh. They, oh, we know. Why, don't, why doesn't why doesn't Devin get out on the field? Why doesn't yeah. James Prochet get out on the field? Why? Where's Tylen Wallace? Take, taking shots now. Go on now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why people get so frustrated with that. And then they're like, how could we not draft a wide receiver? We could have taken George Pickens. We could have taken uh, Christian Watson. At 14, at 14, we could have gotten Traylon Burks. We could have gotten a lot of players. Well, we get to use the guys we drafted that have looked really good. And there's still chances for the Ravens to, you know, we talked about signing Julio, signing Jarvis Landry. We can still sign those guys. But, like, we don't need to aggressively draft wide receivers when there's players, you know, if, if a wide receiver had fallen to the Ravens, they would have taken him. You know, they liked Calvin Austin, I believe, was one of their favorite players in this draft. Steelers snagged him up. Okay. That, that That's, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. So they're not going to react ag- excessively, right? You never want to see a team say, see, like, oh, look, a tackle got taken. We got to take a tackle. They're, they're all going to be gone. No, the Ravens look at it like, oh, a tackle got taken? That's good. That means, you know, a, a safety's still available. Right? We had talked about how, I think even Eric DaCosta had said, like, we hope wide receivers go early. Because if wide receivers go early, then that means edge rushers, tackles, safeties, they slide to 14. Well, edge rushers and tackles got taken early, so did corners. Who slid? Safety. That's what they capitalized on. Yep. They're not going to react and be like, oh, no, edge rushers are, are going. We got to take edge. Oh, no, the tackles are going. We have to take Trevor Penning who's definitely not the 14th best player in this draft. It's not worth it. And, and they and this class this class was so deep when it came to edge rusher, when it came to offensive linemen, when it came to, you know, um corners and safeties. But, you know, like we said, them first five picks, it can shape up this year's draft and what did they do? 
Jacksonville started off by taking uh, what's his name? Um, oh, the Trayvon. Boy? Yeah, Walker. Yep, and I mean it. Just it, it was like literally a domino effect. Next thing you know, Kayvon slips to five. You know they get the uh, and then the Giants get the offensive and then the Giants uh, double back and get the offensive lineman. Uh, the Jets, they the Jets in New New Orleans, they get the wide receivers and everything like that. So we addressed our needs at this point. Granted, yes, when we trade away Marquise, I don't know about you, McConnell, but myself, I did want us to replace replace that wide receiver. But I had to understand, with being a Ravens fan, it's not a, it's, it's not oh accepting everything. It's looking at the grand scheme of everything. You can find a wide receiver. I have enough faith in, in Martin and Williams that they can groom these young men in, in this facility because we didn't have the wide receiver coaches before. Now we got two two guys that has great relationship with wide receivers all over that has gone to been Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl uh, stars in, the, in this league. So I have the I, I trust these I trust these guys to shape these young men up in order for them to be the best wide receivers they can be. So you know. We just gotta have a little bit more faith in our organization. I know we, I know we was a little stressed out that we didn't get a JC Treader. I can understand that that was a veteran guy that was demanding a lot of, but he was still demanding a lot of money. And honestly, with the Ravens organization, cap is cap is really the cap with us. We, you know, we don't try to go, we don't try to go against the grain. Instead, we bring in a young man. It wasn't the sexiest pick, but it was the necessary pick. You get, yeah. you get. You get a young man that is aggressive, that will, that is very smart, that's going to get better, and anchors down that line for the next five years, and actually builds a relationship with with our franchise QB. I'll take that. Yeah, you look the grand scheme of Yeah, the Ravens know what they're doing, and like. I don't know how the Ravens are the criticized organization when there's so many organizations that are clearly run horribly. The Jacksonville Jaguars, horribly managed. Honestly, the Cowboys, pretty poorly managed because Jerry Jones doesn't hire a general manager and he's the general manager. That's probably a bad move. I still think that's bad. I like Jerry Jones. I like Jerry's world. I'm a fan of Jerry Jones, but I don't think he should be the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. Like, there's a lot of teams where you look at them and you're like, you are not smart. The Seattle Seahawks are not good. Like, yeah. they, they, they're they poorly managed. The Packers yeah. are poorly managed. The Texans. The Texans, very poorly managed. Like, I'm not saying the players on that team are bad, but the way that they go about doing a lot of things is not smart. The Ravens go about things strategically, and they always seem to have a plan. Like, oh, they let go of Deshaun Elliott. What's the plan? Marcus Williams is the plan. Oh, they let go of Hollywood. What's the plan? Well, it seems like they want to sign a wide receiver and they believe in their players. Like they knew when they traded him away because they could have said, you know what, Hollywood, you're right. We need you on this team. We, you know, we, we are going to change up our system for you. And they were like, you know what? Even if the plan sucks, like we believe in Greg Roman, they have a plan. At least it doesn't look like the Jaguars have a plan. It doesn't look like the Seahawks have a plan. It doesn't look like the Titans have a plan after they they trade AJ Brown, and then they draft a quarterback in Malik yeah, Willis. Yeah, it's about it's about to get intense in Tennessee. I mean, Ryan, I'm sorry, but not sorry, but you about to get that Joe Flacco treatment at this point because you just opened 
you open up your mouth about the wrong QB. I'm really hoping uh, Malik, I'm Willis for Malik at this takes. point. Yeah. I, oh yeah, Team Malik. Malik. Yeah, I never liked Tannehill anyway, so like I'm just extra. Yeah, I'm team sorry. Malik. Yeah, I'm gonna get um, I'm, I'm gonna get a Malik jerk Malik Willis jersey without the second one. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, check out the airtime um, as well. It's going to be in the comment section down below. It's also on the YouTube page. I tweet it out, you know, every once in a while. You know, we we message in there. Whenever there's news and stuff like that, we like to talk. We'll definitely start trying to go live and stuff like that. It's like a Twitter space where, you know, you can go live and, you know, we can we can invite you guys on. You don't have to show your face. You can if you want to. We can have those uh, talks with the face, without the face, just audio, all that type of stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so make sure to join that. But thank you so much. Subscribe for Daily Ravens content. We'll see all of you again next.